Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Uh, thanks, Tops Panini and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Dr. Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. We're going to talk about a list of individuals who are semifinalists for consideration for the Pro Football Hall of Fame this year. A very distinguished list, and Rich and I are going to walk through it and see the sports card insight type implications for the list. Some are going to get in, some aren't. Some are going to carry over to next year. Not all great players have equal hobby interest. So Rich, welcome to the show. And uh, what was your first impression when you saw this list starting with Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning is going to get what they've called the Emmett Smith treatment for getting into the Hall of Fame. As the story goes, the writers beat and then they make their cases for the players. When Emmett Smith was brought up for the Hall of Fame, the Dallas writer, Rick Gosselin, just said, ladies and gentlemen, Emmett Smith. In other words, you didn't need to say anything more. Peyton Manning, to me, is going to get the Emmett Smith treaty. Folks, Peyton Manning, <laughs> he's going to get in. And to me, at least three, if not four, of the new players this year are going to get in. To me, Calvin Johnson and Charles Woodson are slam dunks to get in. Okay, let's go slow through this. First of all, Charles Woodson, in the sense of ComC feedback, of my account on ComC, I've noticed a lot of interest in my Charles Woodson cards. So I think you're right. I think he gets in, and I think collectors are already anticipating that. We talk about pricing etiquette. I haven't raised my prices for Woodson, but I have noted that some are making offers. Sometimes I accept, but, but there is anticipation that he's going in. Calvin Johnson, on the other hand, Megatron, is there some chance that even with his excellence, they would make him wait because he retired prematurely. Yes. And it wouldn't just be that. It's just that there's such a glut of receivers out there that all these receivers have good stats. So even though I believe Calvin Megatron Johnson should be a slam dunk, I can see where he might have to wait a year or so. Looking at the list, I see Torrey Holt and Heinz Ward and Reggie Wayne all on the list, all of whom I'm going to say are similar wide receivers. They may not have been as good. Some may have lasted longer, some not as long, but they've got the same general principles. But I could understand if somebody says, let's put one of those other guys in instead as, as a wide receiver or none of them. And I could understand both views on that. I, I have a whole concept. When the writers vote, I, I don't know that they look into uh, positional balance or positional uh, scarcity or, or trying to spread it around that they wouldn't have all wide receivers. But I don't know they're going to have more than two this year. And so if they have Calvin, who would be your next guy? My next guy is Heinz Ward. That's my next guy, too. I don't have a real problem with either Holt or Reggie Wayne, but I agree with you. Heinz Ward just seems to be an inch or so above the other two. But on the uh, blocking side of the, the more complete football player, the uh, Tory Holt gets gets a uh, Kurt Warner bump for the greatest show on turf. And uh, so I, I really see Heinz Ward. Okay. And here's the other thing with Reggie Wayne. It's cool to put him in the same year as Peyton. Peyton. Okay. The next problem, not just positional balance and and spreading it out. There's also the team aspect of spreading it out, that you don't have all five guys from one team. And so there has to be a big guy alignment in there. And if you put in Heinz Ward, predominantly a stealer, then does that give an edge to Tony Baselli over Alan Fanica? Probably, yes. Or Clay Matthews. I know it's defensive linebacker. Or Clay Matthews Jr., who probably should have been there a long time ago, or Richard Seymour. Uh, to me, Clay Matthews Jr. is one of the biggest omissions so far in the Hall of Fame. He should have been in a long time ago. Do you think people are confused? 
with that. I know his dad was a pretty good player too, but I think I'm just saying it's his brother Bruce is in the Hall of Fame. But Clay was better than Bruce. Bruce and lasted longer. That's looking at this list. That to me, that's the biggest omission so far. And there's a couple other people that are omission. And we're not talking about Drew Pearson in the senior committee. Usually, when you're the only senior, you're going to get in. The Drew will, with about a 99% chance, get into the Hall of Fame. And he would be the one person because he's a 70s guy. I think there could be like a double bump of a real price change in his rookie card. Except that other than the rookie card, the, the cards in the 70s uh, get no respect for football of these great players. You're right, though. I can buy football Hall of Famers at a quarter. I can I sell some of mine at a quarter. The, the second-tier Hall of Famers, if I have a Roger Worley 79 Pops card, it's a quarter. So, so, I mean, saying, that's, so Drew would not be a second-tier Hall of Famer, even though it took him so long? I don't think Drew. I think Drew is a cowboy. He's probably close to a second-tier, but I think the thing is he's actually a more important figure than like a Roger Worley or a Chris Hamburger or somebody like that. He played on those Super Bowl winning teams. He was a personality. He stayed a personality locally here in Dallas. He's got extra things going for him. And so I think he may be 1A when it comes to the Hall of Fame. He's not Staubach, but he's pretty darn close. He's one level below Staubach, but not a second tier guy. He's maybe a one and a half tier guy. Okay, there's 25 semifinalists. How come there's only one running back, Fred Taylor? Running back has become a position of non-respect now. And I think it's going to be harder and harder for running backs to get in. No, but it, he had longevity. I don't know that he had sustained excellence. As, as no, he was good for a long time. I, I've always, really good. I've been picking up a few Fred Taylor cards here and there just because I looked at his numbers and I said he should be in already. He's the only running back. Yeah. When we're talking about receivers and we gave short shrift to Willie Flipper Anderson, and I don't think Flipper's getting in, but we gave short shrift to him. We should mention him as another receiver. And maybe this is all pushback for the fact that the receivers are taking so long to get in. <laughs> okay, you've done this to me. I'm going to do it to you. It's not Willie Flipper Anderson, the, the Rams guy. It's Willie Anderson, the lineman. Oh, weird. Because that, So can we actually say that he has no chance? <laughs> I, considering I have no idea who Willie Anderson is, if he's not Flipper. He's offensive tackle. I think he's out, but there are, there are um, more famous linemen. If you're going to put a lineman in, it's not going to be him. It's Tony Baselli or Alan Fanica, and the, Fanica has the longevity. But Baselli was great in college and in and the pros. Now I guess he got injured, and in football they don't hold it against you as much when you have career-ending injuries. Because well, you still have to have a few years. But look, Gale Sayers only had five real years as a running back, and he's in the Hall of Fame because he was so dominant. So it depends how dominant you were and what the injury was and all of that. I'm looking at the list and. We talk about trying to balance it out. If Drew gets in, it makes me wonder if Darren Woodson, who's also very deserving, will get in this year. I say not. There's only we already got a Woodson. Yes. I, don't, I think Darren has to wait. I do agree he's worthy, but I think if Drew gets in, I think Darren Woodson waits. He plays a similar position. So we already got a DB. We got a quarterback. We got at least one receiver. We got Clay Matthews. The case for Steve Tasker. I think has zero implication on the hobby, but would be an affirmation that special teams matter. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think that you're right. And I think that's one of the problems when it comes to card pricing with some of these Hall of Famers. You look at somebody like Randall McDaniel, I think his Becca price is maybe 25 or 50 cents for the pro set rookie. Now, granted, there's probably two Randall McDaniel rookie cards for every collector who ever wants one. Yeah. But still, the fact that you can buy Hall of Fame rookie cards for less than a dollar, and granted, it's not you know, a first-tier Super Hall of Famer, and it's also not a glamour position. But the fact that you can buy Dermonte Dawson, Randall McDaniel, people like that for a quarter, 
they're, they're in dime boxes. You'll buy their rookie cards for dime boxes, and they'll always be in the Hall of Fame, and they'll always be rookie cards. But that's one of these things where we can talk about this in a future episode, but to me, that's one of those things. If you and I were going to live to 100 and still dealing at that age, those are actually good plays for 30, 40 years from now. And maybe grading them even, but it's hard to think about grading a 25-cent card. But that, that's why, as you mentioned in some of these other podcasts where I get quizzed on things, is I'm not a big fan of determining scarcity of a card based on the pop report because on the lower value cards, you just don't know. But if you were to be able to handpick some prime, perfect condition cards like that, there can't be that many graded because it doesn't make sense. But fast forward 10 years, who knows? Here's the other thing. Looking at the list, and I'm just going to pull him out because he was a great player in his day, Cornelius Biscuit Bennett. Cornelius Bennett rookie card graded by BCCG, which is a lower price point, would actually not be the worst thing in the world. You have a protected card, you have a glance at, and it's now in a better holder and has some extra value and it doesn't cost as much to get it graded. To me, that's a perfect usage of a BCCG holder. Okay. What about Jared Allen? You think he's got to wait? I think he has to wait a second time. He's a heck of a player. That's some longevity. And who's the defensive lineman that they pick other than him? Maybe Richard Seymour, who I think was on the, some of the Patriots' early Super Bowl yeah, winning yeah, teams yeah. at those championships. Brian Young, I think, is on, on the last yeah. John Niners uh, championship team. So you might get one of those two guys. What about John Lynch? He's come real close a couple times. Plus, he's got some baseball cards. Exactly. One of the secrets is stay in the game or stay close to the game or stay in the public eye in the case of uh, Peyton Manning. But John Lynch went to Stanford. He's got pre-rookie cards. He's got rookie cards in baseball and football. And, but I feel like they're already baked in that he's a popular player. How much more would his cards go up if he got in the Hall of Fame? I think for a lot of these guys, with the exception of the slam dunks, their popularity would be when Panini signs them, then as Hall of Famers, and they start signing items for Panini. And then they do shows now as Hall of Famer, and they make more money that way. So I think that's where they'll make their extra money. So it's a boon to them, but collectors, there's no play there. Then you can become a super collector, and you got a lot more to collect of any of these guys. Well, Peyton Manning's got enough cards. I don't think you, I, I think if you were a Peyton Manning super collector, you're probably already a millionaire because you've already had to spend a lot of money. If I tell you that I think Sam Mills is a Hall of Fame person, but not a Hall of Fame member, well, I would disagree with that. Because I don't think he's going to make it. I don't think so either. And I'm with you all the way on Sam Mills. I believe he's from New Jersey and not that far from me. I thought he went to Montclair State near me in New Jersey. And then so I remember reading about him for so much of my life. Sam Mills, he's born in Neptune City and actually was not drafted by the NFL. And he died very young. He dies at the age of 46. And yes, I'm looking that up. So that's one of those rare things I'm not pulling from the top of my head. Uh, Rich, if it would be baseball, you wouldn't need to. I understand. I wouldn't need to. But, but um, I remembered him from Montclair State. And he graduated the same year from college that I did. And I remember reading about him in the local papers in the 80s before he, he made the NFL. And I'm with you on that. He was a class act as a person. Okay. Patrick Willis, I think demand is dried up. He quit too young. Yeah, well, I don't think Patrick Willis is getting into the Hall of Fame. About Ron, the worst I would think Tiki should get in. Ronde. What? I think Tiki should get in. I don't know about that. I think some people like him and some people don't. So. Well, Tiki was a heck of a running back. I know he ran into a little bit of an issue after his playing career. Not super major, but major enough where it's aggravating to, to the personal issues. But as a running back, he was good and a good football personality. And Ronde's his twin brother. Ronde actually has a Super Bowl championship, but Tiki does not. Tiki, I think, retires the year before the Giants win the miracle in 2007. But just interesting to me is that I don't think Tiki knew he was done. Tiki retired, and he just didn't want to play anymore. Tiki 
was not done. And I think he knew he was not done, but he just didn't want to be beat up anymore. No, my point is, I think that in football, in all the sports, it's hard to know when you're done, when you're tired, and you shouldn't make those decisions at the end of the year. But it matters a lot to collectors. The longer career, the more cards, all that keeps you in the public eye. If you're a DB like Rondé and you're getting beat all the time, you're asked to leave. If you're running back and you gain three yards a carry instead of five, you're blaming it on the offensive line. You know, I think you're right. And I think it's always hard to know when to say goodbye. And some, I think Tiki, sort of like Barry Sanders, may have retired a year or two too soon on one level, but on another level, your body, when you don't want to do it anymore, and especially in such a physical game as football, where you actually are getting beat up every single game. Even basketball, hockey, you're getting beat up every single game too, but it doesn't seem to be the same as being beat up in football. I've got some Tom Flores cards and nobody's been grabbing them and they're not overpriced. Does that mean collectors don't think he's going to make it in a contributor or coach or whatever he's being considered for? Because he's one of the three extras. He actually was a good player. He went I, I mean, he's, he's an AFL. I believe he's a quarterback. Yeah. I believe he played all 10 years in the AFL. He's one of like the 23 people who played all 10 years in the AFL. I don't think people realize that Flores is up for induction as a coach. So under the radar, you don't even think about it. I know, but I'm saying on my Com C account, I, I have some Tom Flores. And that's one of the reasons I have the account. It keeps me in touch with what's going on. I've seen the Charles Woodson movement. But nothing on Tom Flores. Does that mean collectors are thinking it? I'll go with they, I'll go with they don't know. I, until I saw that list, I didn't realize. I'd seen the publicity on Drew. I don't think a lot of people know that Tom Flores is the only coach eligible this year. Remember last year it was Jimmy Johnson and Bill Cower as part of that big group. I think it's like getting in baseball as a manager in the Veterans Committee. You're in the Hall of Fame, but you're in as a manager. Yeah. You know, and did people really think uh, Pat Gillick in baseball was going to get in as the GM a couple years ago? If there were Dave Dombrowski cards, I'd be looking for them. And Brian Cashman's going to be in the Hall of Fame as a GM someday. Go find his cards and memorabilia. There are people like that. I want to know when the announcer wing's going into the Hall of Fame so we can get Chris Boomer Berman in the Hall of Fame. I do think that collectors, when prices rise on these uh, obvious superstars, people look around for what could be next. And like I say, announcers and contributors and coaches, things like anybody that has a public following. And anytime people remember you, that's a good thing. And that's what the Hall of Fame does. It helps us remember the greats of the game. Enjoy collecting and be safe. The man in